Hi there. Welcome to Sound Off Podcast. Now, each week, we strive to empower, inform, highlight, and deal with topics of concern that are relevant to youth and adults. I'm Claudine Schofield, community leader, educator, and hope pusher. Now, each week, our guests will include professionals from all walks of life. And some of our topics will include, but not limited to, mental health, financial literacy, goal setting, health and wellness, and topics that enlights and empower. And guess what? We'll also have lots of fun. And so we invite you to join the conversation. Good morning to you, all of our amazing listeners. We welcome you to Sound Off. Uh, my name is Claudine Lance Schofield, joined by my co-host, Amanda Butler. Good morning to you. Good morning, Sco. How are you? Doing well. And our co-co-host, uh, Rye Stanley. Good morning to you, beautiful queen. Good morning to you, too. Thank you. And I'm telling you, Amanda and Rye, are we not honored on this morning to have, I'm telling you, let me just say a little bit about our Shiro. Uh, I won't even say uh, retired educator because she's still educating people. And she's a community activist. Uh, she's our Shiro. Uh, she's phenomenal. She's beautiful. She's goals, hashtag goals, uh, what we're working towards. And we're really honored on this morning to have uh, one of Conway's finest, Marjorie C. McIver. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Ms. Gofield, Ms. Butler, and Ms. Stanley. It's just a pleasure to be here. Well, we are beyond honored. And I'm telling you, we don't want to waste a lot of time because we have so much good things to talk about. But what I would do, I know a lot of people know who you are, but if you would take the opportunity to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. As many of you know, I came to Horry County as Marjorie Copley. And then I met Mr. Winston McIver and we married and had two children. Winston McIver Jr. and Hannah, who is now Hannah McIver Sands. And my first um, inkling of what teaching our career looked like came right here in Horry County. I initially thought that I would be teaching in Charleston after having graduated from Johnson C. Smith University in Charlotte, North Carolina. But I was offered a position here in Horry County, and I've been here ever since. Awesome. And so you just touched a little bit about your educational journey. But I want you to go into a little more uh, in-depth about it, because I'm telling you, and, and this is no exaggeration, you have touched so many lives, including me, including Amanda. And of course, you said Rye was a little Rye was a little nervous when she was around you. But now the relationship <laughs> that you're developing, not, you know, just generations and generations to come. And so I know that Horry County was blessed to have you. And so let's, you know, did you always wanted to be an educator? Or how did that? Always, all my life. There, there were 10 in my family, nine girls wow. and one boy. All nine of the girls are college educated. And I think that came to pass in our early beginnings. We all taught school from the time we knew how to talk, to write, to draw. We did, we played school every day and each getting a turn to be the teacher. So teaching has always been in my blood and of the um, nine of us who, nine girls, uh, seven went into education. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
That is beyond awesome. And so I know, Amanda, you look like you can't wait. What did you have uh, for Mrs. McIver? You said that you actually started working here in Horry County. Um, actually, what was the first high school you worked at? Um, and then tell us, what did you teach? Well, the first high school, uh, the first school that I worked in was Whittemore High School, believe it or not. Um, I came here as a teacher of French and English and held a, an, an awesome French lab where our young people were exposed to the language and learned quite well. And some of the earlier um, students that I had, they're all pretty much in leadership positions in this county or wherever they are residing at this time. So I came here as a teacher. And then when I left uh, Whittemore High School, I went to Ana High School. And while there, I got an opportunity to work closely with the senior class. I was a senior class advisor, also taught French and English there. And when I left uh, Ana High School, I went to Myrtle Beach High School and had one year in the classroom and was asked to go into the guidance office. And that meant that my career plans had shifted a little. I was still able to teach first semester as well as serving as a, a guidance counselor. But then the district came and told me I had to make a decision. My principal said, well, here's the deal. You stay in the guidance office and you'll not only have access to the classes of students that you teach, you'll have access to all of the students. Right. And so that was an opening for me to get connected with more young people and have never regretted it. Um, I could remember one on one occasion I was in at recess and I had my college yearbook with me and all of these kids were around me because, you know, my cheerleading college pictures were in there. Okay. Um, Come through was, cheerleader. Yeah, I was the um, <laughs> vice president of the class. I was in the band. I, I just didn't leave any stones unturned. That's I awesome. wanted to participate in as much of college life as I could. And it really paid off. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the part that we want to talk about. We'll talk about in the second segment in, in terms of the importance of getting involved. But I'm coming to you, Rye. What did you have? What was your experience as a principal in Oregon County? Wow. It, I mean, it was a vast, vast experience in that it was very challenging, but again, very rewarding. Um, as principal, the first high school, I mean, the first school that I went to um, uh, as an administrator, I, I started at um, Socrates High School as an assistant principal. And when I left Socrates, went to North Myrtle Beach Middle and worked under Mr. Blanton, who was there, until I could get my feet wet. And I went to Green C. Floyd's Middle as a principal there. And after two years, of course, they condemned the school. And I came back to Conway awaiting another principalship. And that was at Whittemore, uh, Whittemore Park Middle School, where I retired. 
Wow. And, you know, so often people talk about um, they're not really happy when they have to move all over the district. But I think for you, it was impactful because you got the opportunity to touch so many lives and so many kids from so many different walks of life. Let's talk about that. Well, can I just say this? Can I just say this really quick? I, I did not know you were at all of these schools. Right. I just thought <laughs> I, you were my principal at Whittemore Middle School. And I just thought you had been there. <laughs> Wow. No, I, I, I was, as a matter of fact, I served in every attendance area in this county. Wow. Every that's why she's so phenomenal, man. That's why. That's, well, that, that's how I got to, <laughs> to know so many people. People, yeah. You'll yeah. be surprised at the young people who are now mothers, some grandmothers. Right. All of the parents that I connected with. Um, teachers in all of these schools that, you know, where I served, you know, it's, it's just a, a lot of folks. I had a young man that, that called me the other day. And as a matter of fact, I got a note on this table. He said, Ms. McGarvey, this is stone. So he told me who he was. And he said, my mind has been on you. This is a young Caucasian fella. My mind has been on you and I just had to call you. I need to get in touch with you because we need to go out to lunch. He said, I could never forget. And this was from oh, Anna wow. High School. Awesome. He said, I could never forget the connection that you had with the students at Anna High School. Now, you know, when I went to Anna High School, I left from Whittemore High School, which was an, an all-Black high school, to go to Anna High School, who was just desegregating. So the population of kids there were different. But you know what my friend said? Well, how could you go to that school? You're going to leave. I said, listen, do they have students there? He said, yes. Mm. I said, is there a building there? They said, yes. I said, do they have teachers that help students there? They said, yes. I said, well, I'm in the right place. Okay. Because <laughs> my, my philosophy, it doesn't matter where I went. There were students there that I could connect with, and they were my love. I mean, I just love students. Wow. Yeah. And so we're not exaggerating. I'm telling you, it's so fitting. We just celebrated International Women's Day, and then March is Women's History Month. And it's so fitting that we have this Shiro, this phenomenal woman on this morning. And we're so honored to have Marjorie. And uh, when we come back, the dialogue will continue. Special thank you to all of our sponsors, McIver and Graham Law Firm, Attorney Angela McIver, Waccamaw Primary Care, Dr. Winston McIver Jr., McKeever Funeral Home, George Williams, the City of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Coastal Carolina University, Beginner's Paradise Daycare, and Dr. Crystal L. Franklin, ODPA. To you, all of our amazing listeners, uh, my name is Claudine Lance Schofield, joined by my co-host, Amanda Butler, also joined by our co-co-host, Rye Stanley, and uh, March is Women's History Month, and we just celebrated International Women's Day, and we are beyond honored to have our Shiro on this morning, uh, Marjorie C. McIver, and I'm telling you, this dialogue is so wonderful, and she's able to share so much, and so good morning to you once again, Mrs. McIver. Good morning. Good morning to all of you. 
And and so because we're so excited about every time you open your mouth, we just like, okay, we, <laughs> we just want to hear what you got to say. So we're going to move right back into it. And what I want to talk about uh, in the first segment, you touched a little bit about um, when you were in college and I'm sure in high school as well, you got involved. I mean, you cheerleading and some other things that you talked about. And so if you would, as a, a I don't want to say retired because you're still an educator. As an educator and community activist and a leader, how necessary or essential is it for our young people to understand the importance of not only if they're doing well academically, but just taking advantage of the extracurricular activities as well? It certainly is important. I, I don't think um, colleges stress as much of it today, but they still want a well-rounded student. And that student should be involved in as many extracurricular activities as their schedule can accommodate. For instance, we have a lot of young people that just can't wait to get into the workforce. They just wanna work, they wanna earn that extra dollar so they can tell mom and dad, well, you know, I'm working now and I could do this and I could do that. And they feel that that gives them a rite of passage to this freedom, uh, this newfound freedom that they have, but it doesn't. It still means that if you want to enjoy the richness, um, uh, enjoy the blessings that you can get from preparing yourselves, then you need to go on and prepare yourself. There, there's no other way to put it. So these extracurricular activities and involvements count a good bit on these ap applications. Mm -hmm. For instance, you'll have a personal statement that you may have on these applications that asks for you to put, you know, respond to why you think you should get this scholarship and what have you done, you know, mm -hmm. to get, you know, position in, in such a way. And you have to have something to put on there to ask you for your ac extracurricular activity. If you put, I worked, yes, Good work ethics and habits are fine, mm -hmm. but that's not all of what makes a well-rounded student. So you need to be actively involved in other organizations that's going to help to enhance your um, academic development, your social development. It lets the institutions know that you are able to connect with other people and connect with them in more positive ways. So I think it's important. And Rye, I, I do want to commend you for, you know, entering the pageant. And since we could see each other, I need you to look in my face. I was a Miss Burke High School. Okay. I was selected Miss Burke High School. But back then, we didn't have the pageants where you were competing in certain categories the student body had to select the queen. In my high school, we had over 3,000 students. They stopped counting at 2,000 plus. And if you can, if you got any relatives in Charleston, they can tell you this story. Okay. After 2,000 votes, they stopped counting. And the former queen came to the band, the field where we were practicing our band, um, steps in music and that's how they do it the former queen would go and find the new newly elected queen 
and they broke the news that way. And so the farmer queen came to the field where I was practicing my music on the band and told me that I was just selected as the Miss Burke High School. We're not surprised. We're not, not even the least bit. Amanda, but, but let let me ahead. tell you what was behind that. Okay. We had students from every area in the city of Charleston that you wow. could think of. I lived in a section called the boroughs, downtown, downtown. Okay. The people across town were the elites. Wow. But in that particular school, I, with those 3,000 students, I think I knew everybody. That's amazing. And that, that was a plus. But not only that, I shined in the classroom too. Okay, total package. To, to, to <laughs> the extent that when we got in a debate in an English class about subject, verb, or whatever, and I held my position, and the teacher said, well, okay, if you think you're right, just go down the hall and go to Miss So-and-So's class and see what that person, teacher said. Come back with whatever news, good, bad, or whatever. But they allowed me to question. They allowed the students to be able to question things. And, and we did it in such a respectful way. So in at Burke High School, I, I just knew everybody, but I still was able to get my work and came out as an honor student. Now I was number 10, they only had 10 honor graduates. I was number 10, but I knew I was gonna be in that number. Oh, you was in the number. I was you in was the cutoff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this is good stuff, man, I'm coming to you. I know you mentioned extracurricular activities and I know a lot of times students think of like sports and clubs and things like that. But um, can you just talk about the importance of also being involved in community service um, outside of school? Well, you know, we're talking about another future icon here, Miss Amanda Butler, who is yes. one of our <laughs> newly elected city council yes. woman, woman, right. not councilman, That's council right. woman. And it takes involvement, getting into your communities, serving, volunteering, you know, just lending a helping hand. A lot of the young people um, who worked with us in the community would go to homes of the elderly. They would do whatever task was needed on the outside of the home. And those who knew, knew well, the ones inside, and then allowed us to come in, we can go in and, you know, provide services that way. We have a lot of food drives that are going on in all of these communities, especially since COVID. Mm -hmm. And you could go in and volunteer in some of those. Um, with Amanda's campaign, mm -hmm. I know her son was active, but he, I mean, he probably had a choice, but then he didn't. Because he, yeah, had, he, he had a community active, activist named Mary Jen Owens. That's right. Who, who wasn't going to let him, you know, just sit on his laurels. He That's was right. active in the community probably mm -hmm. from the time he met her, uh, you know, started walking. She had him working. So the work ethics ought to be there as well. And a lot of it comes from exposure to working in your community, helping the elderly, working with young people. We've got um, groups like the Freedom Readers mm -hmm. and some others that, you know, need young people to read to 
um, the young people after school. There's so many things that you could do. There's yeah. the Samaritan House. There's the um, Boys where, and Girls Club. There's boy, yeah. Shepherd's I mean, Table. Yeah. Shepherd's Table is the one that I was thinking of as well. But there's so many places that you could go and habitat. Mm -hmm. I, I want to get my hands on building a house so badly. I've done it before. That's a good experience. Oh, I want you. to do yeah. it so yeah. badly. I mean, and I had my mindset before COVID. Right. But one day. Yeah. yeah. We'll do it as we'll do this the team. We'll do it as a team. We're gonna do it. And you have you. you have so many young entrepreneurs that are coming up through mm -hmm. this period. We've got the, the six year olds, the eight year olds, yeah. the ten year olds that during this COVID period, they, they created things. Yeah. And and got out there. They they decided that they wanted to to the whole food drives to mm -hmm. help the elderly. They go and visit elderly and do these young people are doing that kind of thing as well. And we certainly want to encourage our uh, teens mm -hmm. and our high school kids to get more involved in the community because it's it's important. Yeah, definitely so. So, Ms. McGovern, I really like what you said about getting into the community because I've been in the community some myself. So is there anything else you can say to the young people and like try to encourage them on why it's so good to be in it? Because it makes you feel good, for one. Well, that is so true, Rye. And the other most important thing are the people skills. Mm -hmm. When you're going out in the community, you have to represent. And I think... Um, Ms. Claudine likes that word, represent. Yes, absolutely. You have to re represent yourself, one, young, Black, female. You have to represent your parents. And then you have to be representative of the community at large. Because mm -hmm. when you go out there, you're like an ambassador, you know, you, and you representing me. So that makes a Big difference. A big difference. <laughs> and you don't do that bootleg stuff. Don't be jacked up representing Mrs. McIver. Period. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. And so listen, we're really honored to have you as our very special guest on this morning. Very fitting, celebrating women's day too. When we come back, the dialogue will continue. Special thank you to all of our sponsors, McIver and Graham Law Firm, Attorney Angela McIver, Waccamaw Primary Care, Dr. Winston McIver Jr., McKeever Funeral Home, George Williams, the City of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Coastal Carolina University, Beginner's Paradise Daycare, and Dr. Crystal L. Franklin, ODPA. To you, all of our amazing listeners, welcome back to Sound Off. Uh, my name is Claudine Lance Schofield, joined by my co-host, Amanda Butler, joined by my co-co-host, Rye Stanley. And uh, we're really honored. We're celebrating. We uh, are giving some love to this phenomenal woman. Uh, how fitting it is. March is Women's History Month, and we just celebrated International Women's Day. And so our very special guest on this morning is Marjorie C. McIver, and we're really honored to have you. And I'm telling you, you're talking loud and you're saying something. You, you've given us some nuggets, some jewels, and everything else on this morning. So good morning to you once again. Good morning. And because you're giving such good information, we're not going to waste a lot of time. Let's jump back into it. And so what I want to talk about is 
the importance of parenting. Um, I think we had a counselor from Conway High School weeks back, right, Amanda, and he talked about just be present in your young people's life. And so as a former guidance counselor, as an educator, as a principal, can you talk to the community or would you talk to the community about the importance of being present in their children's life? You know, folks go where they feel quite welcome. Okay. So schools need to really be welcoming so mm. that parents can come in and feel comfortable coming in. There's always been a push to have more African-American parents to be involved in, in parent-teacher organizations and booster clubs and all of that. And you really can't get many of them there because they don't feel as welcomed. But I do want to say to this listening audience, when children have parents who are directly involved in their educational life, in their extracurricular activities, be it at school or in community forums, those students feel very proud when their parents show up. So it's, it's very important. And even your spiritual life, instead of just sending your children to church, you need to bring the children with you. Mm. So I think all of it's a carryover. I always say that either we are connected to everything else and everyone else, either directly or indirectly. That's good stuff. Everything is connected to everything else in this universe, either directly or indirectly. And when our parents don't show, are not involved, we find out that the children tend to take other pathways. Mm. You know, even if the uh, sport uh, activity that they're involved in is strong enough and they love it enough to be there, we got to remember that these sports um, events are seasonal. And once football season is over, you know, if the kids are idle, not involved. So our parents not only need to be there, they need to make sure that their children are involved in something that will get them there. That's good. And keep them there. That's good. Thank you so much for that information. Amanda, I'm coming to you. What did you have? I just wanted to, to follow up with that because it is important for us to show up and to be present. Um, but that leads to me to representation. Why is representation important? And why is it important for young girls and young boys to see women and men in leadership positions? Well, I tell you what, this, this world is just wide open. It's a competitive field out there. And we find out that there are more women that are being involved in their communities and their governments um, in, in, in events and activities more now than ever before. Mm -hmm. Women are forces now to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. Now, when we come as women, we, meet, we need to come right. Yes. And when I say that, I say it from the standpoint of there's so much out there that can be done. We got to look at ways to getting it done. There's really not a lot of room for division 
right. and um, friction mm -hmm. and negative factions. And I say this because I know when I look at the, on a national level, we had so many young women that got into um, political offices. And once they got in there, I mean, it was just more friction and tension than the law would allow. Mm -hmm. I think those are learning grounds. You know, I think those are forums and arenas where these young people coming in could step in and start learning and learning the processes that are involved in those particular, you know, arenas. Mm -hmm. Instead of going in there with this agenda that, you know, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm, I, we want you to make a difference. Right. We want you to do us proud. But I look at even in, in Conway alone at the young black women who've excelled. You know, and I've taught their parents. I've taught some of them. And you got names like um, Barbara Hickman White, Vanessa mm -hmm. Ella B. White. You got Amy Wright. You got Keisha uh, Hudson. I mean, you got a whole yes. lot. Then look at the administrators that we have in mm -hmm. the on all levels in our community schools. Then you got our community activists and folks that are in government offices. Uh, Mary Cookie Canty Goins mm -hmm. from Myrtle Beach. You got Amanda Butler, a yes. newly elected councilwoman. You know, you got Barbara Bellamy. I think doing a fantastic job is our mayor. Absolutely. And we got a lot of resource pe persons that are out there. We got Miss Claudine Schofield, who is hosting her own show. You know, we've got people like April Garner, who, mm -hmm. you know, both of you forerunners in the areas where you are. And it, it's just a testament of how committed you all are, how involved you all are, and how progressive that you are, and only as a result of that commitment, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and you really do us proud. And you have other women, especially in the areas of technology, which we haven't touched. Right. Somebody said, Ms. McGovern, you said, I'm surprised. You know, you know, you just took in technology and you embrace it. I embrace it with the things that I know right. I need to know. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so... The Zoom is not a frightening thing for me now. I can set it up. You know, I can do whatever. But at least I'll get in there and try. And I think that goes back to this parenting thing. Mm -hmm. When our children see us involved in positive and constructive ways that we are reading along with them. And one of the things I don't think we'll get a chance to share is that our summer literacy program. We had what I call Camp Rainbow. We had an academic enrichment camp for the young people. Mm -hmm. And that was from ages five to 12. Those young persons were exposed to everything that you could find on anybody's curriculum in anybody's school. We even had Spanish four days a week. Wow. Spanish teachers four days a week. Yep, I and, remember that. And the, and the kids are exposed that way. We want to keep them busy. And when COVID hit, after that 10 year, um, we, we had been, I guess, active for about 10 years. Kids went on field trips. We took them out of town. We took them a lot of places being their experiences. And 
when COVID hit, what were we going to do? So we came up with a brainstorm. Right. And that brainstorm was the summer literacy program. And we will have another one this year. We have right. two books already, you know, selected. We have some math components. Mr. Um, McCullough is going to help us um, with the tutoring of some of the kids in math. Um, he just earned his degree, I think, from Coastal. And he's working on his master's degree now. And I've already talked to him. So he is going to be willing, he's willing to help the parents, to help those kids who are falling back in math. And of course, you have Miss Marlo Frazier. That girl is so smart. And she has got so many certifications yes. and so many skills areas that, you know, I mean, she's just wide open. She's like a wide open book, math, science. You name it, just about Absolutely. any field. And the technology that goes along with it, Ms. Marlo Frazier. Yeah. She's she's good to go. So you have a lot of women who I look up to because of the things that they are doing and the commitment that they have made to even giving back to their communities. And that's that's where the blessing comes in when you can come back and share. Awesome. I'm telling you, we got so much more we want to talk about. And I'm glad you got the opportunity to shout those people out because they are as well uh, doing some phenomenal things in the community. I'm coming to you, Rye. What did you have? So let me talk about representation is really, really important, especially in the Black community. And for someone like me, I want to go to college. So can you go more in debt with your scholarship? Because I understand that you have one with your son. Yes, I do. Um the world today is very competitive, as I said earlier. Whether you want to be a skilled worker, going straight into onto a job, or going to college or university. Now, I consider myself a lifelong learner because even at this age, I'm still taking courses, wow. you know, and I'm still participating in seminars in a on a variety of topics, and yes, even in technology. But because of the importance of education and realizing the importance of from an, you know, my family background as well, my son and I decided, and we were talking about this for quite some time, but it came to fruition this year, that we're going to give um, five scholarships and it's under McWin Waccamaw Region Scholarship. It started out just right, Horry County, and then he said, well, you know, let's, let's add Georgetown. We got some uh, neighboring county. I said, if you add Georgetown, you have to add, add Williamsburg mm -hmm. as well. We've got some pop pockets and areas in, in our communities that are underserved. Yes. And these young people need to have access to some of these same scholarships that everybody else has. So our scholarship's very liberal. We have two in the STEMS area. That's any math, science related field, technology, um, computer science and whatever. And then we'll have one in the um, field of education. Anybody that wants to go into teaching, but my premise is it doesn't matter what field you go into, you're gonna wind up probably teaching something to somebody. Yeah. So I encourage uh, the young people who are in college to take as many education courses as they can take. Mm -hmm. And then we also have um, one in law, uh, pre-law, 
um, anybody in, in um, political science arena so they can wind up like Amanda. Yes. <laughs> and get into politics right. and make a difference in these communities. And then the Emmanuel Nine, I think, will always be a part of our scholarship giving. And ever since the tragedy happened in, in Charleston, where I lost my sister, I've given a scholarship from that point on. And we are going to continue with the, the only difference with that scholarship is initially, we're only going to leave that with those families of that tragedy. So one of those scholars, five scholarships will be that. And the other four, you know, folks in Ori, Georgetown and Williamsburg areas can apply for those scholarships. And again, the criteria, the extracurricular involvement, your academics, you know, your financial situation. Like, you know, there were four of us in my family four girls in college at the same time twice wow we were just that we were like doorsteps just that close in age so i just encourage each and every one of you parents out there to give your children a little nudge give them a little push give them a big push yes but whatever you do please stay behind them Please go in front of them and lead them in the direction that they need to go. Be their supportive of the finances. I mean, just call on people. Reach out. Mm -hmm. You'll be surprised at the number of um, people or resources that are out there that can help you to help your child to get a better education. So I encourage that involvement. You know what? We're going to give you a virtual clap. We, we have so much we could talk about, but unfortunately, we're out of time. But again, this is not an overstatement. We just want to tell you that we're really honored that uh, you decided to stop by the Sound Off Zoom studios on this morning. And uh, it's always an honor to be in your presence and to have you on. Well, the only thing I could say is this community is an amazing community. And I want to give a shout out to the community. I want to give a shout out to Ms. Schofield, Ms. Butler, and Ms. Stanley for just even considering having me on. And I know I have to continue doing things in this community so I can make an appearance, you know, here and there on this show. So I'm I'm going to be active. That's all I can say. Yay. But well, we love it. We love every bit of what you just said. And, and, and I love all of you. And I we really love you do. back. Okay. So I'll shout out Sound Off, Ms. Schofield, Ms. Butler, Ms. MacGyver, my parents, Takesha Stanley and Daryl Stanley and Conway High School. I just want to give a shout out to all the women's shoulders who I stand on, um, to our mayor, Barbara Blaine Bellamy to my aunt, Mildred Welch, and to all the wonderful, phenomenal women in Conway. I echo every bit of what Amanda said. To you, all of our amazing listeners, God bless you. Until next week, remember, we sound off and... You can sound off too. Hey, hey, hey.